Okay, true question. What was your favorite dog in the office? <laughs> Carl. Carl is cute. Definitely Carl. He's such a beggar. He is such a. He will only love you if we have food. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I love and hate about Carl. Yeah, it's a good. He just thing. comes to you. He's like, do you have food? You're like, no, and he just yeah. goes without saying bye. Yeah, Carl. That I really miss him. Yeah. All the dogs, though. Also, Yana. Oh, Dog Yana. Giuseppe oh, is everybody the told best. me it's fat. She's fat. And then she's she, quite fat. But I. Um, Brad was taking care of her recently. And she's not that fat. Like, she wasn't. I was expecting a morbidly obese dog. Yeah, right? okay. They're like, not completely. No, no, like, he has her. Still, yeah. She's still a bit fatty. Yes, but. But it's so fun. Like there is a difference between German dogs and Italian dogs, as far as as I've seen. You mean like, how Ita- they're Ger- raised? Or? No, I don't know what it is, but German dogs, they don't, um, they don't care about people. When they see a person, it's just one more. While Italian dog, like you know, every person is an excitement. They're so excited about it. They come to you. They because maybe Italian people are more generous and they give more food, so the dogs mm. are more excited when they see people. When they see, oh yeah, okay, they're like, oh no, it's German, it's not gonna give me food. It's like, oh, kind of. Their expectations are lower, basically. <laughs> you know, the German dogs are like, it's never gonna happen. They used to different behavior from you, I guess. Okay, look, um, Anna, Anna Zavininska, I had to write it down. Yes, that's correct. It's a very Polish so, surname, so Polish. I don't blame you. You come from Poland. Yes. Um, I do come from you... Poland. I don't live in Poland anymore. I currently live in Berlin. However, I was born, raised and educated there. And after that, I went into different direction to work in different places, mostly abroad. So we can get into more details later, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, very Polish from background. I love all pierogies and all that stuff. Pierogies? Dumplings. Dumplings? Yes, oh, the yeah, Polish dumplings. That is fantastic. Yes, and they have a bunch in Berlin. Yes. Polish surname. So for Poland? Yes. Born, okay. raised. And you moved away where, when you were really young. Not so. Yeah. Correct. Should. Yeah. I, I started traveling when I was about that age, but I still went to university in Poland, in Warsaw. Mm. Um, and as soon as I graduated, I just moved away. Worked Are abroad. 23, 24. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, and kind of did the same as well. And then where, where did you move at first? Uh, my first. Where did you go? So the f- I, I worked a little bit in private equity in Warsaw first hmm. after I graduated. Very interesting, very different environment. Um, that was my first job. Afterwards, private equity being who doesn't know like it's the investment. people that yes, it's the people who invest usually large sums of money. It's not like corporate investing or something else. It's a bit more private, private people. Yes, hmm. from private funds. Um, then I lived in Wrocław, which is in south of Poland, but I worked for Credit Suisse. And from there I traveled a lot to Switzerland because, well, you work with Swiss people. So you, you kind of, like, my team was in Switzerland, my team was in Zurich, so I, which was quite cool. Oh, okay, okay, sorry, I, I lost yeah. some part. So you were working still in Poland, but traveling a bit. Traveling a lot there, so not based in Switzerland. No. Okay. And, and then at some point you moved to Switzerland? No, I'm well. I spent a lot of time there, but after that, I moved to Paris, where I did some marketing, and then, but I had a lot of clients in APAC and other countries, mm. to where I traveled, and then I moved to Berlin. 
Oh, directly? Yes, from Paris. Okay. That was a shock. Oh, yeah. So, okay. Why was a shock? Um, Paris is very small when it comes to space and mm. very expensive. And all of a sudden, I arrived in Berlin and I could have lunch. There's a lot of space. Yeah. Yes. And then you can get lunch under 10 euros, which is crazy. Compared Still, to Paris. right? Like, when did you move to Berlin? Three years Berlin. ago. Three years ago? Yeah, it didn't change much since no. three years, right? Like, I remember, like, six years ago when I first arrived, it was even cheaper. And you had more space, more opportunities, actually. Really? Now it's, yeah, it's a little bit more expensive. I hear that when people say, talk about prices, like, oh, you have to pay so much for rent. But I arrive here with, how do I say, low expectations. You know, mm. I paid for a 50, 40 square, oh. sorry, 40, <laughs> 30 something or 40 square meter flat, like, uh, yeah, because your comparison was yes. much more pricey and yeah. expensive. So literally, well, it's probably one of the most expensive, right? It's, it's double. Paris. Everything's yeah. double. So like, I don't know, uh, 60 square meters in Paris would be what? 1,500? 2,000. Yeah, 2,000. Easily. Wow. So Easily. living alone there, it's... It's expensive. It's luxury, basically. And then you arrive and you can get a flat under 1,000 euros. Mm. But then that's... <gasps> and this is still true. It's still true. Now. I'm not saying for... 500 or 400 euros, it's no longer the no, case. Actually, actually, even that. Yeah. Really? If, you, if you're there scouting and you look for the good offers, uh, there are not so many, but you can even find 500 euros. I think Berlin is one of the most affordable capital cities mm-hmm. that provides you with so many opportunities. Like compared yes. to London, compared to, I know, Madrid or other places, they're more expensive when it comes to living hmm. on like the flat market. That is, yeah, I, I totally agree with that, actually. That's why I don't complain about Berlin and the prices, <laughs> like some people do. Yeah, yeah, like having friends here that are from different, uh, you know, social groups, yes. I could see that some of them are complaining much more because it's, they used to be here like for 20 years, so they actually born here, so they saw the prices going completely nuts. But for us, or for the standard of capital Europe, yes. But even cities compared to other fine. German cities, it's when you compare to Munich or others, hmm. groceries are much lower when That's it true. comes to cost. So even German people say Berlin is cheap. That is true. That so is. I get it, prices go up, hmm. but you have to kind of compare to the other stuff that's happening. Yeah. It's not bad. Berlin is really affordable. So hmm. Berlin affordable, like, so it seems like you are a lot about, you know, the market and the business part so yes. of stuff and that's what you're talking about and you um so you, you actually have a background in business yes or, business yeah. and international what did relations. you study um in the beginning i studied business and then i switched to international relations okay. and political science so you move from business business like venture no sorry uh private equity yes. uh and now working as oh working in paris as what uh, marketing manager. Marketing and manager. Marketing, and now as a product manager. manager. So that is what I do currently. What does a product manager do? That's a very good question. And my parents probably still don't get it. <laughs> um, a product manager is a person who works usually with a development team, with a group of engineers. and Software developers. Yeah, and um, is leading an initiative, leading a group of people, trying to build something, a feature, etc. So uh, you are the C- mm. a mini CEO of a product and your role is basically to determine clearly mm. what needs to be built to benefit the company, what needs to be done. 
And then together with your team, try to establish how and just ensure that delivery is there, but give them enough guidance and at the same time freedom so stuff happens. So you have to have um, a lot of different skills, right? Like you have to have, like you be, understand the technical parts of it, the human implication, business implications. So that right? varies on the role because mm. it can be more technical or on the technical product manager side yeah. or more of a, let's say, standard product manager side. Mm. If you're a technical product manager, you really need to have a very strong technical background, understand all the nitty gritty stuff to be really the partner. Like how much usually, of that in detail? Like usually you have an engineering background. Example? Um, usually you're able to do a part of, you, you're able to contribute to your team's work on day-to-day -day basis, also mm. by coding and actually having engineering background. background. All right. So All right. if you're technical, mm. you're technical. <laughs> All right. And, but you're not no, technical. I'm not. Uh, business. Um, so like, why would you, why would a company then choose like a technical PM in a case or non-technical PM? Like, Cause some how projects, would you decide? Some projects are more focus on building a specific solution that is not necessarily all customer facing, but it does benefit the company, how it runs or what it runs on. Mm. I don't know, um, uh, image okay, recognition yeah, it, or image recognition system, right? It, it benefits the customer and the company, but it's so technical. It's a, it's a very specific project that you might need people specialized in it. Whereas, um, I don't know when you're a country a product manager for a country, you, your key role is to understand the customer and mm. even though you're not necessarily technical, you can still contribute a lot to the team and team's work by providing understanding of the market, of the customer and the business and what we need to do to succeed in that market. So you will need actually both um, figures. Uh, you will need technical PM, non-technical yeah. PM, sort yeah. of a mix depending on your exactly. needs as a company. All right. Hmm. And then, yeah, and I guess it then uh, it also changes in the way you're seen by the, by your team, no, yes. and management. If you're technical or non-technical, because yes. if you have a very technical team like engineers, but you're not technical, it could be yes. tricky to communicate, it's, right? It is tricky, but I think that's where you need to understand what your role is. Like mm. your role, anyways, you are the person accountable. If something goes to shit, it's on yeah. you. You have to really like again. Mm. Imagine as imagine a product because you have a it's a group of ten people working on a product. Mm. There needs to be one point of contact for specific purposes and one person responsible for things. Because if everyone is responsible, nobody is, right? Mm. So to simplify things, imagine you're managing a business. You don't necessarily doing all the things. You're not necessarily doing mm. all the granular nitty gritty, but you need to have a good overview of all the parts and be able to make some hard calls if you need to. And uh, can you give me an example of some hard call that you can make that is so tricky? Often, like what, what would be? So often when, when you have conversation about an ideal solution or a, a, a feature that you want to build for your customers, um, it's very clear what will provide value, but um, mm. there's different ways of building it, right? And obviously, mm. sometimes uh, engineers want to provide the perfect solution that will work for years and years. And it might take months to develop, but you are a startup and mm. you don't have the luxury of time. Like you're literally operating in months, not years. Mm. And sometimes it's more important to get something delivered that's not perfect um, rather than just do things for the sake of doing, you know, like 80% yeah, done I don't is better. I will search for it, but there is a German saying 
that talks about the horse, yeah. like it's better horse that is not yeah. that good, that you know, perfect horse, like not having a perfect horse, something like that. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. Not, uh, uh, yeah, but this is, yeah. Yeah, okay. That's so you good. sometimes have to make the hard call of telling your team, it's amazing, it's great, but we're not doing this. We're not doing mm. it this way. Like even if sometimes that is borderline getting into how we do things, we need to make hard calls. Or if there's three features that you want to build and uh, I don't know, the team is excited about one, but you know that the customers don't really care because you did research, mm. you have to say, guys, no. Mm. And, and there are cases, there could be cases in which like, uh, you know, a team is working on something and you already start working on it and some other group is doing a research and the research yeah. says, hmm, you know, that's actually something we don't need to do anymore. And they're really excited and you have to go yes. to them and be like, actually... It's devastating, yeah, but it's the hard call you need to make. Good afternoon, right? yes. yeah. So, yeah, like you get, uh, you get bad things from both sides. The management is pushing maybe one direction, then you have a team yeah. that is pushing in another so direction. You need to. I, this is the best description I've heard actually from a colleague of mine uh, at N26, where I used to work, uh, that a product manager is a little bit of a shit umbrella from both sides. So you need to protect your own team that you work in day to day from some more problematic things and to help them just have clarity, but like, they don't need to know all the implications of some stuff or like mm. to distract them like that's your role a little bit to be the umbrella so they don't get too much so directing protecting a little bit yes okay. like providing enough information but not distracting mm. and then from the other side the management you need to help them understand but mm. it's in a way that it's not too operational so they understand the business value and communicate very clearly uh, but you're not given too much. And obviously, if there's a situation where there's mm. business pressure in a situation we need to do a lot and you talk to management and they say, this has to be done, you need to express urgency to your team, but not make them too stressed, right? Mm. I guess it's like a very fine line and it's very delicate. There's like a lot of human, yes. like soft skills, like Actually, what they would call soft skills. Right? That is it's why, really, I mean, really I don't have engineering background, but that is what... I felt insecure maybe a little bit when I started doing product because mm. people talk about all the technicals you want to have. You don't, if you don't aspire to be a technical manager, you don't, you have to have a certain level of understanding, but a lot of soft skills are more valuable. Mm. And yeah, you need to know how to talk to people and communicate properly. So like uh, right now you're working at TaxFix. There's yes. this uh, tax declaration application where you can file your taxes with the, with the app. Yes, we want and to be the... the... The authorities, that's really yes. cool. I've actually been involved in that. We were colleagues, that's how we met as well. And in TaxFix, you have technical and non-technical PM as well. Right? You have, you have um, a good balance of that. Um, so like, um, it's like start, uh, TaxFix being a startup, it's probably different than a big company. Like, like what would be, in your opinion, like the main differences um, by being a PM or a marketing person mm -hmm. like in a startup like TaxFix versus a more corporate environment. So things happen differently. Before we even get into that, I just want to say corporations are not always bad because people like to de yeah, demonize them. Not, no, no, it's not what I'm saying. No, no, I know, really I know, different. I know, but I know that the, there's this there's this rumor. Rumor has it corporations are bad. Hmm. In a corporation, because it's a big, big company. Uh, it more depends on the small team that you are within because you will not meet everyone and like that's a dream. 
sorry, you're not going to remember 4,000 people or 6,000 mm. people, and you're not even going to ever interact with majority of them. So um, some relationships are less personal in a bigger company because simply of the nature and size. Um, but you still can have a nice relationship with your closest team and coworkers. Mm. Um, some processes, especially when it comes to big, big decisions, um, will take longer. And it's a, a, if you have a well-functioning well machine, you know, something that works perfectly fine and somebody proposes a change, obviously there are multiple people that will like to understand why. Because it's a really good machine, right? Mm. And it works by itself. Versus in a startup, there's a slightly different environment because you're still trying to figure out what works well. So there's mm. more place for smaller changes, iterations. More still in the research phase yes. of, of the company. And then you're hoping to become a corporate. Yes. I mean, you're hoping right? that it will be a, yeah. something that will work by itself. Working for it. Exactly. Yeah. So, so okay. yeah. it's, fast, it's a faster paced environment. There's definitely more changes happening, which is a great thing. But not everyone feels comfortable with that. Mm. Um, and it's more personal. It's true. Because you, if you join at an early stage company, you get to know a lot of people. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've also seen this in some sort of some sort of the subculture of the startup scene, particularly in Berlin, but not only um, like this demonization of the corporate. Yeah, but but this is see, I don't get this it's, because it's just, um, just funny. You know, when I lived in twenty six, because um, I worked there as well as a product manager, there was around one thousand five hundred people, and wow. people kept on calling it tiny little startup. Guys, it's. Start. Well, yeah. It's 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 not it's not small anymore. Like you can't have the same expectations as you have for a company that is just post Series A with just ten people. And and twenty six is a bank yes. actually as a banking like so like I wouldn't call us a bank. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a very anymore. unique big company yeah. I have to say because and I say it with the most respect because it works pretty well and it still has this sort of vibe. Mm. But it's not you know mm. it's not it's tiny not small anymore. anymore. And uh, okay, um, coming back to tax fix, why tax fix right now for you? What do you find? Like, how is how is like how is the culture here? Like, what do you find interesting? What is cool? I guess uh, okay, that's definitely a startup. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to you got to know probably everyone yes. very well. We're talking before about dogs, like a lot yes. of dogs. In I know dogs. all the like, dogs. What the, yeah, I know. What's all your favorite dog? My own. Okay. Huh. Name? Yoda. 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 I have a dog. So. I don't interact with the Yoda so much, actually. No, because... Uh, most interaction with Carl. I know. We all choose our What's... dogs in the office. <laughs> Carl is also cute. Yeah, it is. Um, so, yeah, like, what do you, what do you like about TaxPix? Actually, we are in the TaxPix new office. Correct. Uh, very, very close to this, let's call it the center of Berlin, Alexanderplatz. Yeah. Good location. Yeah, even though locals hate it, but, That's but true. tourists come here a lot. Um, so yeah, tell me a bit so what, what I you jo- like about it. So when I joined, like, yeah. I've always found finances interesting and I find it ridiculous that they feel so far away from people when it's something that people use every day. Whether it's payments, like banking, like N26, or doing your own taxes, it's such a... No, it should be such a normal thing. But it's so poorly explained and there's a lack of understanding of how it works and nobody really cares about explaining it properly and making it a little bit more human. Hmm. So the idea of 
making an industry is something that is so basic and happens to all of us or we encounter and making it a little bit more human and personal like i mean why not that should have happened so long ago right so that's what that kind of intrigued me about uh, tax fix like nobody's done that to that degree yeah nobody's ever made it a clean clear and friendly and available on mobile so, and easily understandable yes like, so that's one the 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 problem and like I can relate to that. I've done taxes in many countries and they suck, right? Wow, yeah, that's a nightmare. Like saying you've done taxes in many countries, it's yeah, it's it like good luck. Scary. Yeah, if you're not, not a tax right advisor, one. good luck. Yeah, I have a tax advisor here in Germany because I figure I wouldn't have done that on my own. Like also the language barrier. Yes, because the good thing of solutions like TaxPix is that. You can file the taxes, for instance, in English or Italian or whatever. Yes. You can just translate it because the, the core, the app doesn't change anyway and the result doesn't change. But you can translate it in Italian and offer to all the Italian people living in Germany. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's linguistically uh, inclusive, right? Yeah. yeah. Which is um, one thing. And another thing was the team. It's included in, including in, in any way because also like you cannot go to tax advisor office. But you are somewhere where, yeah. like, you know... Like even in, in Berlin right now, there is this uh, big need for advisors and tax advisors. And they are so busy that they're not accepting any more customers. So taking yeah. away the load from those experts. And try to talk to them in English. Good luck. Yeah. Well, also, yeah. That's true. That's another That's thing. Like yeah. specialists, which is very normal that if you're a specialist in a, in a very unique field. Just, yeah. Which is a similar thing of what is happening with doctors, for instance, like doctors not accepting any new patients in busy areas of Berlin. No, they are Ooh, I have a recommendation for that. There's a startup, a French startup, Dr. Okay. Lee. Okay. Um, Dr. Lee. Yes. Hmm. And they, that's how I know them. That's how I went to doctors in France. Like my French limits is limited to just food vocabulary, right? Okay. Um, you just have the whole platform with being able to register to specific doctors online. Uh, okay. With a very friendly notification system to remind you about appointments, and it works very well in Berlin huh. too. They and it's a... for booking appointments. To yeah, doctors. Okay, Doctor Lee, I will definitely check. And it, it works very well. Because I moved uh, to a new district recently, and now you know I need to find a doctor that is close by, like a family doctor kind of thing. And then so you have all the information about specific doctors from languages that they speak, etc. That's really. And you really you do the entire booking online, and and you do that in Berlin. You use this out yes. in Berlin. That's super cool. Yeah, I'll definitely check See, it out. Don't go for the old school. Go for the Dr. Lee. Yes. All right. That's that's a very good thing. That's, that's to one thing I took out of friends. Very valuable. <laughs> that is, that is great. Um, so what else? Like what other things? Um, we talk about the, the you know uh, work and what is your job right now and company. Like what is that you do? Like you are you are behind one of the most promising startups. Uh, in Germany and probably in the world, I would say. I mean, work closely to tax fix. I think it's like technology wise, it's unbelievably good. And I think it's going to do great in the future. I'm, I'm sure that it's just a breakthrough in tech. Um, but apart from that, what is that you like to do in Berlin? Like you've lived in Paris, so I guess you can also compare the lifestyle a little bit and the differences. Like, how do you feel about Berlin? So I think it offers a lot and it's a nice combination between a city and nature because you just take S-Bahn, 
which is the metro system, mm. sort of metro system in Berlin, in U-Bahn, and in 30 minutes you're in the lakes. Mm. So what I really like in Berlin and I missed a lot in Paris was that proximity to nature. Mm. I come from the countryside, so it kind of calls, calls home. Um, that's, so that's one thing, that's what I do enjoy doing in Berlin. And nature is also in the city everywhere. Yes, and there's a lot yeah. of space. A lot of parks. And not only parks, because in Paris there's tons of parks. They're absolutely beautiful, but they're perfectly trimmed. And you sh are not mm. allowed to sit on the grass. So they're very wow. enjoyable to look at and to mm. stroll around. But in Berlin, people bring their barbecue and they can sit there the whole day. Which is, it's that meant is, for people yeah. to use, which yeah, I appreciate. That is, that is quite cool. Actually, yes. I think as a tourist, I wouldn't expect to see that in Berlin the first yeah. time. Like, I wouldn't expect to be in the capital of Germany, go to a a park and see people like really their yes. food and with their whole families it's and pretty ugly if you, if you arrive here the first time and the weather is bad you get a terrible ex ter the impression is not the best yeah it can look very gloomy and weird mm. but this is something that i really like uh, i don't know you but i really like this uh, diversity of really from winter and summer yes. in the sense that winter is gray like today it's very gray here it's horrible also for the lights uh, but then in summer it just blooms and it's this beautiful green city full of life and people are outside all the time. You could be outside in the park. I remember like going after like outside of work and going directly to a park with a bike and chill there for I don't know one hour. Or two. That's another thing, going with a bike. Yeah. You can really go everywhere with a bike in Berlin. Um so yeah. You're using the bike also winter? Yes. Mm -hmm. I have my helmet here in the back. You came with a bike? Yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, so like you, I guess like you enjoy a lot of nature, basically. Yes, I in, mean. In summer, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Winter, it's a bit. It's not bad. See, I'm an optimist in that regard, <laughs> and I'm very appreciative. I come from Poland, south of Poland. Okay. So yeah. when people told me it's going to be very cold, I was expecting the worst of the worst, and then it's minus five and it rains sometimes. Sure, it's not as nice yeah, as summer. Actually, yeah, I haven't seen minus five this year at all. Actually, okay. it's been very warm. Exactly. As warm as south of Italy or something. It's incredibly good. We've been lucky so far. I know. Just February, <laughs> I know. March <laughs> can be intense, but hopefully we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Climate change. I, mean, I know. Climate change. I don't know. That's, that's a big <laughs> topic. That's, that's a separate <laughs> podcast of its own. Let's leave it for later. Look, I wanted to ask you one last question. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds really cool what you do, uh, and of course, it's not easy to explain it in just uh, a few words and you know, 10 minutes or something. So, like, is there any book that you would recommend to someone, somebody that wants to start being a PM, for instance, or you know, working yeah, a startup? Um, so, yes, there's a bunch of really good books, and there's people who know their stuff. So, inspired from Marthy Kagan. Inspired. Yes, okay. really good book. It explains the basic of how product management works. Um, there's a bunch of others that focus on specific areas like Hooked, which talks about in very engaging products and how were these designs are tested, which is a very cool way to explain, okay, so somebody actually thought this through. Um, mm. And I do highly recommend uh, reading a lot of blogs because it is a newer mm. field. And the freshest mm. information and experience you can get from people that are willing to share it. So like Medium, is there any blog that you yes. follow that is cool and um, it's good to check Mind out? the Product is a company that offers a lot of courses for product managers and they mm. also organize a lot of meetups. So they have an amazing blog. Mind the Product. Yes. All one word. Uh, yeah, Mind yeah. the Product. 
Uh, they organize conferences, they have a bunch of YouTube videos where you can watch people talking about their day-to-day -day job. Mm. And in the majority of bigger cities, they do organize uh, meetups. So if you're curious about product management, you want to understand it better and meet some people and understand what the hell do they do, just go to one. And how do they do yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> just, just go to one. Mm. Okay. And it, meetups, do you go to any meetup in Berlin or would you recommend anything? Or I do. Because I see that there are a lot of stuff around, but I'm not sure if there is anything sometimes about PM. Sometimes I do when there's an interesting topic. I think for a person who's interested in understanding the industry in general, like fintech or just understanding um, product management, there's a lot of general ones. With the ones that I go to is, are more specialized or of companies that I'm curious about how they work. So I know that other startups like Billy or many other that are in Berlin organize regular startups just even to unite people working in Berlin in the mm. same industry. Um, so those are the ones I would go to. Cause okay, so I, I will check it out actually as well. Well, then thank you very much. And yeah, talk to you soon. Maybe yeah. again in tax fees. Okay. If, if there's anything, if someone is ever interested in being a product manager and has any questions and saw, sees this, like I also have a LinkedIn profile that can poke me. I'm not an asshole. I might even respond. So Okay, that's great. I can put the, the link. Yes. Attach the link to the description. Yeah, like, so somebody can yeah get in touch with you yeah. and us. This is what I did when I started, and I didn't know really what to do. I reached out to random people to ask them how's their experience. About reaching out to people, are you aware of the fact that Tax Fix is in any way searching for PM or? I think it, so. We do have a careers website, hmm. which I highly recommend to visit because that is really up to date. People hmm. are pretty on point. So if there's okay. something coming up, it's there. So they can check that. Yes. Okay. That's perfect. Well, then thank you again, Anna. It's thank been you. a pleasure. And we both like Berlin, it looks like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, talk to you soon.